Welcome to the Rural Insights Podcast, where we explore rural actions and policies that impact Michigan's Upper Peninsula and beyond. This podcast is brought to you by the Rural Insights Institute, working to ensure that rural citizens and policymakers alike have the information necessary to make good decisions. If you'd like to learn more about Rural Insights, visit ruralinsights.org. Now, here's your host, David Haynes. Good afternoon and welcome to our latest edition of podcasts of Rural Insights. And today we're really pleased to have a good friend of ours, Dennis Smith, who you've seen before on this show and heard before, for those of you that just do it. Audio, Dennis is the former former CEO at UP Health Plans, and he is, uh, I got to say, on more boards than I know of anyone else. He's so active (laughs) in the community and downstate. So uh, welcome, Dennis. Glad you're with us. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me, David. So, I, you know, I was telling Dennis, I, we wanted to just focus on, as I look at trying to get my notes up here, that just what's going on? And there's so much stuff going on with healthcare in the UP and rural areas. We read the national news, we read regionally in the up peninsula. Uh, you know, there's a new cancer center going up in Iron Mountain with Marshfield. Um, and also they're in talks with Essential uh, Health, a Duluth-based uh, system to build a, a, a four-state system. Uh, the U of M and Sparrow downstate did an agreement that continue and, and balance UP growth. Uh, um, and also with our friends at LifePoint in Marquette and around the peninsula, What's happening? What does this all mean? All this turmoil and change, or maybe it's not that much change. I don't know, but it sounds like a lot of activity. Uh, and of course, we hear a lot back from from our readers and listeners about availability of healthcare and specialists, etc. More and more of them talk about they're willing to drive to get healthcare. So I'm going to stop and let you just talk about what does this mean. Um, I think um, for the UP, I think it's kind of a, a positive um, activity on several fronts. I think number one, you know, you had a comment there about specialists, and I think the more multi systems that come through, the residents of the UP will have more access to various specialties. I think one of the things that's very been very, very hard in the UP since I won't get corny and say the beginning of time, but for the last 30, 40, 50 years has been recruiting um, physicians. And it really doesn't matter who's in charge or who's, whether it's Marquette General or LifePoint or, or Aspirus or whatever. I mean, it's really, when you come to the UP to practice medicine, it's not just that you want to practice medicine, but it's a whole different lifestyle. You know, you can be in Grand Rapids and practice medicine all day, go home in a few minutes, have dinner. And then if you want to go to the symphony or you want to go this or that or whatever, you can do that. You know, here, when you come out and you do have the symphonies, you've got the, the, you know, the the, um, universities and things like that, that you can do some things. But it's really much more of an outdoor environment. And so you're really kind of focusing on you know, hiking or, or maybe snowshoeing or biking or outdoor activities, cross-country skiing, things like that. And I think historically that's always been a big deal. 
Um, that's what's made recruiting physicians, no matter what they are, very hard for the UP. And I don't care if it's Houghton, Marquette, Sault Ste. Marie, or whatever, then you have these things. And, and so when you get into the smaller hospitals, it really kind of even it, it magnifies it. And so the cost historically has always been, maybe it's changed now, um, but when it, before all the big systems came in, the cost of recruiting a physician to come to the UP to practice was almost double what it was anywhere else. And maybe before you were attaching and you were kind of contacting maybe their first year residency program, and then you maybe you got, you went back to the internships and now people are reaching out to medical schools, kind of you know laying those carrots out there of things to do and this, that, or whatever. And, you know, and the federal government for years was trying to do a good job by having these loan things if you went there. But, you know, getting a, a highly skilled orthopedic surgeon or a trauma or a surgeon or endocrinologist and things that are very high specialties, they're very difficult, I think, for the rural communities. And so I think having some of these larger systems will have more access, whether it's on a consistent basis, they're going to live there, or whether they'll come once a month and have a clinic for endocrinology and take care of all the diabetics and things like that. So I think those, the pool gets bigger for some of the resources. And it's just a matter of us now kind of adjusting to that and, and getting that going as opposed to, you know, when I got to the UP in 2000, you know, if somebody had something, if you're over 55 and you had something complex, you went to Mayo's or you went way down state. You never thought about doing anything local because it was local. And I think Marshfield's Cancer Center, I think, will be a huge game changer, I think, for the UP. Um, cancer is one of the number one out-migration um, programs in the UP, when you look at the data from Blue Cross or CMS or whatever, it just goes, whether it's Cancer Center of America, this, that, whatever. And some of it's really marketing, but actually a lot of it will be skills. And I think when um, when Iron Mountain got its new radiation therapy machine last year, it was the cutting edge, the highest, the, the best machine in the Midwest. And it was just because their turn in the system when they ordered it, all these bells and whistles came on, but it also enhanced a lot of the services they could do where before the old radiation therapy machine they might have had or some of the other ones had, you know, did a good job, but you couldn't do a lot of um, gynecology work. They were just damaged too much. Um, so what, is it, what does it mean? <coughs> excuse me. What does it mean then? I, I guess they, what we've always heard over the years is that rural people are used to driving. They go yeah. to, for instance, they go to Green Bay from the UP for Costco or whatever. <clears throat> so to go to to go to Escanaba or to Iron Mountain, if you live in Marquette or uh, Alger County or somewhere, doesn't really uh, restrict UP health consumers. Is that accurate? I mean, that they will move around more? <laughs> Historically, I think they would. I think... Um, what they would like to do now is for now that they're getting in a little bit more complex is stay closer to home if possible. Mm -hmm. So like, again, the Iron Mountain thing, they'll be able to do hundreds of more procedures that they never were able to do before and specifically gynecological stuff, you know, where before you couldn't do that and because it was too damaging or maybe it had to be done at Marquette and maybe it couldn't be done in the UP at all. Um, and that opens a whole door to other uh, women's health services that they would have or that Marquette would have. And I think 
You know, historically, when you go back 25 years, if a woman had breast cancer and she was going to have breast surgery, they had the surgery, they had the biopsy, they had the surgery, then they later things healed, they did the reconstruction. Well, now the state of the art is you have it all done at once. You go into a place and, um, you know, they get the biopsy, they get the surgery, all the reconstructions done at the same time. The woman then has to go through one traumatic surgery as opposed to a series of two or three or four. So that's really kind of more cutting edge. And so people were driving to Grand Rapids or um, um, Green Bay or something for those types of things. And now those skill sets are, are really kind of devolving in the in the UP. And that's a better service for them. Less time off the job, less time away from their families, you know, uh, bigger, faster turnaround. So I think a lot of those are there. So um, will we see? Will we see a a trend where uh, uh, physicians will move around to various regional centers as as opposed to par- as opposed to patients? That doctor in Iron Mountain will go to Escanaba, or uh, or does it mean that people will have to drive to where the specialists are? I think it's going to be a little of both. I okay. think if you look back in 1960s and 70s, when Marquette General was the central thing, they sent their doctors all over the UP. They had like 18 clinics all around the UP. When you look at Marshfield's philosophy, they have a very similar philosophy in that they'll have these clinics all over the place, but they will send their specialists somewhere for X number of days at a time you know, to see the patients in that area. And then if they have to have something more skill set, they'll bring them into maybe back to Marquette or back to Marshfield or back to wherever. And I think um, in what you see in some of these hospitals, especially in Michigan Medicine, I mean, they've been very clear in their vision as they've gone out and acquired other facilities is they don't, they're not acquiring those things to bring all those patients back to Ann Arbor. I mean, they will tell you point blank, they got more than enough patients than they want to deal with. They want the more complex stuff. So they're more than willing to go to Midland and invest more there to put more skill sets in Midland or to Sault Ste. Marie or somewhere else. Same thing with Marshfield. They're more than willing to go and invest more things like in Iron Mountain. So you have more skill sets there. You have more endocrinologists, more more, um, rheumatologists, things like that where people can go and stay local and get all those stuff. I think that's changed from the way it was maybe 25, 30 years ago when you had the spoken hub thing where all the specialists in one area and everybody's a feeder into that process. I think now um, the goal really is to have more home services, more home, more in-home hospital type stuff. You have more people, the specialists going to certain areas for longer periods of time and doing various clinics and things like that. And you go back to the eight 1980s and 1990s, those clinics would come to Marquette and they would be they would bring them up from either um, the old Butterworth and Grand Rapids, or they would bring them from Ann Arbor or whatever. And they might have a pediatric cardiology program. All for that person will be there for five days, or a neurologist will be there for five days. Well, now that'll be more than norm. I think where some of these larger systems will have specialists in certain areas, and then if the volume is there, they will be there permanently, right? So. Uh, dermatology is a great example in that um, you can have a lot of dermatology in certain areas, but if you don't have the volume, then they're going to need to travel. 
whether they have a, a clinic and maybe in, in Munising, or maybe they have one in Newberry and they have one else. So they have maybe, maybe one week during Marquette all week. And then the next week they're traveling to their five spaces. So um, it's kind of complex. I think the other thing that's, that's, that makes this expansion of larger healthcare systems coming to the UP and expanding their footprint is they all have an insurance arm. Mm-hmm. So when you look at it from that perspective, there that eventually there'll be more competition, I think, for health insurance in the UP, which will help employers. And most of our employers are 25 employees or smaller. And so maybe you'll have that. I mean, the whole thing with Sparrow is that they have PHP. So right now, Michigan Medicine has a little piece of that. Eventually, they'll have it all. And they could really run that if they want to all the way up into the suit. Will we, have- see a, will we see a Marshfield or Bellin or others putting clinics together in a Marquette or in a Houghton? Will that happen? Or it, it, where there's an already a system, they won't do that kind of competition? No, I, I think they will. And I don't think that they'll view it so much as competition as as if they can provide a service that's not there. Okay. You know, yeah. let's just say that our, our physician population in the UP is aging, right? And so we get more and more younger people in. Well, if there's an area, let's say it's it's area X and they, they're having more family practice folks retire and move on and there's going to be a void, they might do that. They put a clinic in there. I can see all of them putting clinics in Marquette. Okay. Sort, of, sort of like the people in the UP talk about how hard it is who have diabetes to find an endocrinologist. I yep. hear that all the time. So that would sort of be this model, too. It would be mm-hmm. a specialty like that would say, okay, well, there's not enough in all these communities, but you can come here at Iron Mountain or, you, or we're going to be in Marquette or Houghton with our endocrinology team. Is that what we're sort of going to see in rural healthcare? I think so. And I think it'll be. You might, in some of the areas that are small enough, you might have just a specialty clinic week and then you have a variety of specialists there. Okay. Um, Something that's larger, like maybe Iron Mountain or Marquette, you may have them there for half the time. I mean, realistically, you and I might hire somebody, put them in Marquette two weeks, put them in Iron Mountain two weeks, right? And they can go back and forth. Um, You see that a lot in dermatology. You see that a lot in some of the others. Um, Sure. So it would be... It, that would be a trend for healthcare across the country, I assume, for rural healthcare. Yes. Yes. I think this is the way, because everyone's talking about the crisis facing rural areas in healthcare. I think whatever you see in the UP, you'll see in the thumb, you'll see in some of the other more rural areas, you'll see in Montana, Idaho, the Dakotas, things like that. What are the two or three largest threats? Problems, concerns facing rural healthcare in Michigan. What what thing? What is it? What we just talked about? Are there other things that worry hospitals and insurance plans? I think um, probably the number one threat really is getting providers. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's the um, there's really kind of the, the the philosophical change between. When you're dealing with with rural healthcare, you need to kind of expand your thought process. And so, having a board certified internal medicine person in a very small community just doesn't work. But you could have a nurse practitioner or a PA there 
working with an internal medicine or family practice doctor in, in a bigger team approach to do this kind of stuff. Because if you don't, then you're not going to have that service there at all. And then they're going to be driving 35, 40 miles to get their annual physical or whatever. So I think that supply and demand is a huge thing for the, for the broader aspect. I, one of the interesting things another uh, healthcare expert told me is he said, you know, it's an interesting phenomenon. It, somebody goes to a big healthcare system, a Mayo or somewhere else, and they see a PA at, for 45 minutes and they see the doctor for 10 minutes, it's, it's perfectly fine. And when they try to do that in their home small town practice, people go, wait a minute, I want to see my doctor. Right. Perfectly comfortable with it going to a big city center. Is that sort of a, is that just totally off or is that correct? No, I think that's correct. And I, my personal bias is, is that there are probably, it's probably an age related issue. I think people my age might think that, you know, I grew up seeing my doctor. I want to see a doctor and I don't know who you are, but you would have MP or PA after your name. So you can't be as good as them. Yeah. And, the, and the reality is they're probably as better if, if as good, if not better, you know, because they're seeing more volumes. And I think when you have that team approach, then you have Dr. Hayes is seeing the more complex things. And, and PA Smith is seeing all the runny noses, all the earaches, all the things like that, that really take up a lot of time and yeah. clog up the system. So I think you do see that. And I think, but you'll see people that are 40s and, and less and their 50s and less, much more uh, global in their vision and stuff. And they yeah. just want to get in and out. You have a lot of people 30 and under that don't even care about they have their own primary care physician. They'll go to these little walk-in things or they'll pay 100 bucks a month to have um, access. They just want to have health care when they want it. And they They're want not really it. looking long-term at, okay, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to do whatever. Yeah, they go, look, I don't necessarily need one physician to be my healthcare provider. If I can get in to see somebody, give me a quick diagnosis, yep. I can get some treatment or I got to be told I got to go see a specialist. I think that's a, that's a, well, Dennis, thank you. It's been educational uh, as usual with you. You're such a font of knowledge on this. I really appreciate it. And uh, all of our listeners do. This is, this is, I think, very helpful. There's so many questions out there. I would say yes. of all the topics we get, healthcare questions texted to us and things, it's about healthcare. Uh, it's just people just, and it, it is very complex to figure out. But thank you very much for doing this. Uh, uh, and uh, I hope we can do it again. I'll do it anytime. Thanks. I really enjoyed it, David. Thanks so much. Thanks, my friend. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Rural Insights Podcast, brought to you by the Rural Insights Institute, working to ensure that rural citizens and policymakers alike have the information necessary to make good decisions. If you enjoy our content, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. You can also subscribe to our weekly email newsletter by visiting ruralinsights.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.